0: Hello, geeks, and welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up The Shortlist, a little mini-so that I do in order to play with some creative original ideas instead of the reboots and remakes that we do on our regular full-length episodes. I have a film idea by the name of Legacy. I do want to kind of talk about how these ideas come into play, like where the inspiration comes from. And this one is inspired by, though very different from, the recent series on Disney Plus relating to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, I won't be spoiling anything from the show, but the basic gist is a bunch of uh, people trying to live up to a legacy that's been created while not feeling like they have the tools necessary to stand up to that level, to be able to rise to the occasion and, and meet the expectations that are placed before them. Now, for many of us, we have dealt with this in some way shape or form in our lives over the years, whether it be from parents or teachers or friends or relationships, there's always been a time for us somewhere that somebody has expected us to fill some pretty hardy shoes. And whether it be a parent or expectations based on a previous employee or a position that you're having trouble doing all the things that are required of you, or maybe school and your workload... There's so many examples of this that we deal with on a day to day that we can all understand just how much of a challenge it can be to live up to an expectation that we feel that we're ill-equipped to handle. And in my story here, that is exactly what's happening. Now, this is uh, a story about a father and a son, where the father, Jonah Brockman, is his name. He is a famous uh, thriller horror writer that has recently passed, and his son. Uh, Kane Brockman is in a position of trying to start his career as a writer around the same time that his father passes, and so there, in the media, and through the agency that his father worked for, uh, that are worked with, that is now representing the son. There's this expectation for him to almost fill the shoes of his father. Now, on one hand, that is helpful in that he gets a foot in the door in the writing industry, which in itself is a challenge to get involved in. But on the other hand, too. He can't be his own man because there's such an expectation for him to write certain stories, to write a certain way, to be the continuation of the person that his father was. And that can really be a challenge. Now, where this goes into the thriller aspect of things is that Kane being responsible for clearing out his father's stuff, uh, his mother and father had uh, divorced years before and had a decent relationship post-divorce, but they you know, didn't live together or anything, and she wasn't up to the task of helping clean out uh, his father's stuff. And it was stipulated uh, multiple times that he wanted his son to be the one responsible for uh, clearing out his uh, writings at the very least. So like many writers, Jonah used primarily a typewriter and had these files upon files of different stories that he was working on or had worked on in the past with research all meticulously filed in these filing cabinets in the basement where he had a finished uh, writer's room where he worked on most of his stories. And these cabinets were locked. Nobody, including his agent, including his family, was ever able to get into these stories. He was a curmudgeon about that kind of thing where he he did not want anybody to see these stories until they were fully fleshed out, or at least to the point where they needed maybe mild revision at, at best. So here we are, a little ways into the movie, having discussed you know some of the titles that uh, Jonah had written in the past. The, his first book being a, the title of the movie as well is Legacy. Um, and the, the story in those pages is about a human that finds a creature, like a, a mimic creature that can mimic humans that is dying and they take the the progeny, the child of this creature and raises it as their own until it's old enough that the adoptive human parents of this monster creature that looks like a human realized that this monster is beset on uh, destroying the world. And it became a huge success and led him on his way of writing all these, you know, 2030 different horror and thriller books that people have become obsessed with, including lots of serial killer stuff, uh, lots of, lots of gruesome stuff. And there's plenty of stories that were never finished that are in these cabinets as well. So Cain, being the son and following his son, his father's footsteps, is definitely interested to see what's in these things, and so he digs through and he starts looking at a couple of the big stories that became really popular, the 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 books that became the the books that people know his father for. While digging through these cabinets, and starts looking through all the notes, and he starts looking at how some of these ideas got developed, and then. He starts seeing addresses and photographs and these photographs looking very realistic as being pictures of people that are seem to have been murdered in the same way that the characters in that story have been murdered. And very quickly he starts to realize that maybe some of the information that is in these stories were based on real things that happened um, that his father was either aware of or witness to or the cause of. And he starts to realize why it was so important that he was the only one that laid eyes on these stories. There was almost a blackmail from the grave that was happening with him being somebody that wanted to get into writing that had a uh, book deal before he even finished his first book with the same publishing company that his father had that if he was to reveal this to the world that his father was involved in some of this insane, terrible stuff, And then maybe he wasn't as imaginative as people thought him out to be so much as that he was able to properly describe some of the things that he himself had witnessed or done that he would be seen as the son of that monster as, as somebody that carried on that terrible gene, or maybe that he knew about it the whole time and said nothing. He realizes that there were several stories about uh, a character that he wrote about multiple times in multiple stories that the son was an accomplice and realized that if some of these things were true, they might think that all of these things are true, and point to that story as an example on the fact that he knew about it all along, and he realized that his father set him up to keep his secret, that if he told his father's secret, he would be implicated in that secret as well. And so he goes back and forth, and he decides that he wants to talk to the agent that represented his father and now represented him, and explain the situation. He needed somebody else's eyes who's on it that was also going to be affected by this and it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that the agent was aware of some of the things, maybe not entirely, maybe he didn't, uh, understand the level in which some of these stories happen, but he definitely knew that there was a little bit more truth to the stories that, that, uh, Jonah was writing than anybody else was figuring. So at this point he thinks about the long 30 year career that his father had writing these stories. And the fact that he had the same agent the entire time that knew that there were terrible things happening, that people were being murdered, people were being brutalized. There was a cult shit happening and the agent did nothing. He could have prevented lives from being lost. And though he debated in his head, the fact that his father was dead, that that meant that the injuries, the killings, the, the violence could stop. He wondered how many more people this agent protected the same way. If this was the only incident that, that, that the agent kept guilty parties protected and allowed the violence to continue. Kane decides to dig through and connect some of these stories to actual incidents, you find actual proof that, uh, that these crimes were committed and then connected to these stories and then go to the police. So he locks himself in the basement over a long weekend and with yarn and string, he starts to realize that a lot of these stories are a mixture of different stories thrown together to keep um, what he assumes the police off of his father's trail, as well as the stories being released a year or two after these incidents happened. So if ever there is a finger pointed at his father, he would have been able to explain it away as it being a inspiration to the stories that he was writing. But the information locked in those drawers said a totally different story that these, uh, these books were being written well before the incidents occurred, and if anything, the incidents were used to more flesh out some of the occult or disturbing elements of these stories. And Kane realizes that his father is, in fact, a serial killer that not only was just one serial killer, but multiple serial killers that were thought to have been doing their thing along the East Coast, and they were all his father. And that's partly because there were calling cards that some killers put in the books that were similar to but not exactly the same as the calling cards of some of these serial killers. There were incidents that were flip-flopped between different people in different times. But if you, like a puzzle, moved things around and switched them together, they fit almost perfectly with actual murders, actual occult happenings, uh, twisted situations that have occurred over the last 30 years along the upper... New England area. So as Kane is getting this information together, he gets ready to go to the police when his father's agent, his agent attacks him, trying to steal back the information, the uh, packets of stories that he's looking to take to the police to call out his father for what he is truly a monster. After a scuffle, the agent gets his head accidentally bashed against the kitchen counter and lays on the floor bleeding. And yet again, Caten is put in a position of deciding whether or not to hide the situation or to call the ambulance and put himself in the position of possibly being implicated in the situation. And so he goes to the phone and he starts dialing 911 when his vision moves across to a placard that sat between the living room and the kitchen. And it was a letter celebrating 1 million copies sold of his father's first book, Legacy and a coldness runs across him. Legacy, the story of a, a foundling, found child from a monster that was given to a person to raise that then became a monster. And he starts to wonder, is that his father? Is that the story of his father's upbringing? Was his father actually a monster? Because there were some things in these pages that his father wrote, this occult stuff, was like nothing he'd ever seen before. You know, it, it strange symbols and strange practices that didn't seem to fit anything else he had seen, but also made sense at the same time. He decides to make an anonymous call. So the ambulance will come and pick up the agent at his father's home after locking the uh, basement. And then he flees to go talk to his mother, thinking this woman had been married to his father for so long. She had to have noticed something. She had to have picked up on something or, or maybe with this information, she'll be able to understand why things happen a certain way he needed to know. So he goes and talks to his mother and her face goes pale and the light in her eyes disappears. And she starts to tell her, her son, Cain, the story of his birth. Apparently Jenna, his mother was having trouble conceiving after Jenna and Jonah got married. They went to the doctors, they talked about their options, and it looked like there was not really a whole lot of opportunity for them to have a child. And they talked about adoption, but they hadn't gotten that far when one night when they're driving down a dark road back to their home, they hit something. And as Jonah goes out to check what they hit, he sees this battered and beaten, hair-covered creature that as they lock eyes, the creature morphs into what seems to be just a, a nude woman in the middle of the road. But his eyes tell him the truth, that this isn't any woman, that this isn't a person. This is a thing that can mimic a person. And it looks like this thing is pregnant. And as the last lights from this creature's eyes start to fade, Jonah realizes there's only one thing he can do to save the child inside. And he takes out his pocket knife, and cuts this creature's stomach open to reveal a tiny, hairy monster child within her belly. As he pulls the ch- child out and cuts the umbilical cord and looks in its eyes, the creature changes into a small infant baby, human baby, that Jonah then takes to the car and shows his wife, who has been watching the entire time through the window of the car, stricken with fear. But when she locks eyes with the child, they decide what they're going to do and they stay away from friends for months. So basically they make up a pregnancy to find an excuse for why this child exists. And then they take it as their own, like their own human child and raise it as their own. Never the wiser that this child is actually something else entirely. As she tells Cain, this story, he realizes just how much of his father's first book was telling the truth about what happened. And it was the story of his birth, the story of his parentage, where he came from. And though the word sounded like something out of a fantasy novel, there was something, truth, that was coming out of it. And as he looks down at his own hands, he realizes that he had the power all along to shift his shape. He just had to know that it was possible. And at that point, he realized that the biggest secret that his father kept, weren't the murders that he committed, weren't the crazy occult things that he did, but that those sacrifices, those occult things were all in desperation trying to find some way of preventing his adoptive son from ending the world. And in that moment, Cain realizes that his father had failed. So that is the story of Legacy, a story that touches on something we all deal with, which is trying to live up to expectations. It's also touching on something else that we deal with a lot as well, which is misunderstanding a person's intent, misunderstanding why a person does what they do. It's impossible for us to truly know each other's intentions, why we do things, why we act the way we do. So a lot of the time we have to just function on faith. We have to believe the best of intentions are intended. We have to move forward like The actions that are done are done for the good. And sometimes that's true and sometimes it isn't. The worst moments, however, are when you realize ill intentions and it's too late for you to do anything about it. And that's where a lot of fear comes from, being too late. Speaking of too late, it's never too late to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. I just go to com and click on Smack My Pitch Up to find the link to all the different podcatchers that you've come to know and love. And... Go ahead and sign up there. Go ahead and check out the other shows on the network at the same time. You can rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Follow our social media. Make sure to buy some merchandise on our Public store. Just click on store on the homepage at GUIPodcast.com. And remember to shop Amazon through the link on our homepage as well. We get credit for anything you purchase through that link. So you're spending the same money. We're getting a little bit of a cut from it. Taking money away from Amazon and giving it to independent podcasters. So help us out. And help screw Amazon. haha. Ha. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to my ramblings uh, about legacy. My uh, story about trying to live up to something that seems impossible. And then realizing that it's not only impossible, but completely true. I'll find you next time for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up a full length. We'll see you next time. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked. GUI Podcast.com